I'm delighted to be joined via the wonders of technology by former Peterborough United striker Tony Adcock. Tony, how are you? You finding life okay at this moment in time? Yeah, staying, as I say, staying safe, um, doing what we're told, um, which is obviously important, and um, unable to work from home. Um, unlike my wife is obviously able to work from home, but um, it's, it's what we have to do. Um, talk about your time at, at Peterborough United, because um, everyone remembers your signing as probably the, arguably one of the best bit of business any football club can do, because you obviously joined um, from Northampton um, with Bobby. What can you remember about that transfer? Yeah, I think it was a, a case that um, obviously Northampton were, were having issues with, with money at the time um, and with the chairman. Money was obviously very tight for them. And it was a way of, 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 of raising cash was obviously to offload um, at the time. I think it was, was just me at the time to start with because I came on loan, mm-hmm. um, I think, for a month maybe. Um, and then there was obviously talk about Bobby coming after, which was just, you know, great signing too. So, um, you know, I did the transition. He never really asked me, what do you think or what have you? You know, Bobby's like that. He, he sort of did the same as me and, and just made the transition uh, over, which was... which turned out you know brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah I mean I, I guess it's nice when you have a striker and a winger join at the same time because there is a little bit of an understanding even if there wasn't as uh, you know it's a different club but you, you, you know what you know where he's going to be and all that kind of stuff oh definitely yeah I mean it's a, a different was it obviously a different style of football I think we played um, compared to Northampton um, when, when we were there because um, we obviously had Theo Foley from Arsenal, who was the manager at the time. So he wanted us to play in a certain style, different way, come to Peterborough. And, and Chris had a different way of playing. You know, we, we, we played further up the pitch, if you know what I mean. Um, and, and completely, which is great for a striker, because you know the ball's coming sometimes quicker and, and you know you can make the runs because you know where it's going, basically. And, and, and so it worked. it worked for us because... You know, coming to coming to Peterborough, it, it was they obviously had a, a fair bit of success with being Liverpool and, and and teams like that. So you knew there was something there within the club. They obviously had the heart and and, and the work ethic. Um, and it was just a case, I think, with Chrissy. I just think he sort of probably thought we could just do with a few more added sort of forwards. You know, going forward, just just something maybe um, just to add to what you already had, really. Yeah, I mean, you speak about that team spirit and that work ethic that um, was already there, obviously, as, as, you, as you joined. Is it, was, it, was it a, a good group to go into? Were they, were they quite accepting of new players or was it a tight-knit group that you had to sort of work into? No, I think everybody was accepting. I think um, everybody understood. I mean, it must have been difficult for guys, um, obviously, who played a lot more. Um, I think like Gary Kimball obviously scored the, the winner against Liverpool. Um, I'm assuming, sort of, if you like, Bobby kind of took his place, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and I think it, so those guys probably thought, oh, you know, in football, it does work that way. That's why you have a squad and it's difficult to, to, to guys who play regularly to then sort of, you become a little bit second fiddle, really. But it's, it's good for the whole team. You have to, you know, it keeps you on your toes. Even when you come in, you still have to do well to stay in the team. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's that if it was 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 carried on, and but I think everybody else just just kind of got on with it, and and because you all going in the same way, you all want the same things. So um, it was a good 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 club, to, good set of guys to come into. 
Yeah. Obviously, everyone speaks about Chris Turner and what kind of a manager he was. What was he like for, for you as a striker? Oh, Chris, um, he just, I mean, uh, Chris sort of, um, I think Liverpool kind of roughly took most of the training going for the forwards, mm. midfield and forwards. And, uh, and I think Chris generally took it for the back four, worked them really hard. Um, I'm just sure they could testify. Um, so it was probably a bit different for us. Chris never really took us that way. Um, we always split up, really. Um, but but what he brought was so much positiveness, and and, and a, he knew how to treat players. He was a great man manager. Um, coach coaching wise, don't really know because he never really sort of coached going forward. You know the forwards. We did things collectively. If it was a, if it was um, we played a game where it was eleven against eleven, so on a Monday. And it was just literally, you, know, you were just paired up one against one, one with one, one versus one, and you had to stay and, and, and defend. So it was, that was quite a tough thing to do. But Chris obviously loved that style. So if you've got people like Steve, Steve Welsh, you were struggling because Steve was so fit. I've got a pair with him and you just go, oh, well, you just have a rest for Christ's sake. But you know what? You knew what you were getting. And I think Chris kind of liked that. He liked that. He liked to work the guys who sort of paired people up for certain reasons. Yeah, were training sessions quite long in those days? Did, uh, what, what sort of was it short and sharp, or was it quite a long, long training session? I think I, I think it was just normal as what you normally normally do to where you go elsewhere. You generally train in the mornings, um, and generally there were sessions in the afternoons, particularly if you had say a day off in the week. Um, so, so on a Wednesday you'd have a, you'd have a Tuesday hard session on a Tuesday. You knew what you were getting. Chris liked to work people very hard, which was great because you knew come Saturday, you were come the last 10, 15 minutes, you knew you could stay or, or actually keep it going, keep the pace going. Because the way with, with that style of play, if you like, it wasn't get it forward, you know, not like a John Becker Cambridge where it would just smash forward. We, we did it in certain areas that it made us play up further up the field. You know, we, we generally rarely... We bypassed the midfield, but at least the midfield knew what we were doing, so they could push up as well. Um, and, it, and it worked. And we had the players up front, Kenny, uh, Worrell, you know, Bobby and, and, and everybody else, but everybody was on the same page. So uh, we knew what we were doing. And I think that's why we, we, did, we had a, a fair bit of success. Yeah. What was it like playing with, with Kenny? What kind of a striker was he? And did he, was it an actual uh, ideal sort of partnership that you formed in terms of what he did and what you did? Yeah, Kenny, totally, totally different style of, of player Kenny very athletic very you know not physical as, as such he wasn't someone who really put himself about um, body wise but you knew got players knew what they were getting against him he's very strong um, could hold the ball up great feet knew where the goal was um, in the air I'm not so sure I don't know maybe people might think Kenny was good in the air I'm not so sure you know I think I played up front with Tony Phyllis-Kirk and, and I think Tony was probably better in the air than Kenny, but it didn't really matter. You know, Kenny was good enough. Kenny was strong enough. Kenny would work really hard. So it was pretty good. I was probably the lazier player out of the two of us. Um, but you knew what you were getting. We both made the runs. We both worked hard. I think as, that's why we both did well. We both scored goals, which um, I think in any team is, is a big thing nowadays. It's, it's worth the weight in gold really nowadays to, to get one player to, to score lots of goals, but to get to who generally, you know, we, were, we weren't many between, the, between us scoring goals. Mm. Was he someone who, who, who talked about Wembley goals a lot? Was he someone that carried on talking about the fact he'd scored twice at Wembley? Or was he someone that just was focusing on the, on the here and now? 
Yeah, I think so. I don't think I think Kenny liked to bring it up as a joke in a way. You know, he's sort of good sense of humour. Kenny's very chilled, very laid back, um, and and sort of I mean, yeah, we all you could be wrong. Everybody likes the limelight and stuff, and Kenny did we never banged on about it that I can remember anyway. So uh, maybe certain players, maybe he shut other players up if they were given a bit of stick, and he could just pull that one out of the bag. So why not? You know, that's what you should do, really. I suppose take the Mickey. What what sort of um, you know when you when you went into the first the old first division when you went into that level, what was honestly said during that summer? What what what, what was the expectation of the, of the uh, the side that year? Um, no real expectation from what I can I can remember. I think we just went turned up at pre season and I I, I think um, nothing any different. Didn't work any harder. Didn't train any harder. I think. Um, we, we played some good uh, pre, pre, pre-season games. I think um, we were still on a high because it, it wasn't didn't seem to be that much difference from playing the playoff final to then the start of pre-season training and into the season. Mm. So we carried on and I think we were still on a high. I think um, it, it raised us. We didn't worry about any other teams, the, the names of the teams that were there. Obviously, the, you know, Derby County was spending mega money. Um, but no one sort of said, oh, they're going to be good. We, we just went out, did what we did. And uh, I think that was good for us because we got to sort of 30 points without anybody realising we did so well. And we made it hard. No one really liked planners, to be, to be fair, because they'd probably not seen that way. Because not just because we were um, fit or, or, or got stuck in or anything like that. We just made it difficult for them. And I don't think they were used to that. And But also we could play as well. We weren't just a... You know, um, we were a team that could actually play with the ball. We were good footballers, really. You know, and that is all of us, really. Yeah, you obviously beat Derby on the opening day. And, and I, I guess that if there was any nerves about that level, was, was kind of settled within that first 90 minutes. Oh, definitely. I think, and also it was probably um, a good time to play Derby. You know, a lot of guys had just been signed. <clears throat> so they're obviously finding their feet, you know, the big price tags sort of come with a with a um expectation from them i think it's documented from some of their players who talk about it you know they were they were expected to uh, probably win the league and go straight up but uh, it didn't work out that way and i think it was good for us that first game was re- was was uh, really important and it was a real cracking cracking game yeah. um, and to win it everybody comes off believing you just keep it going you know and, but chris it build, you know, not build you up, but um, hey, you stay there. That keep it going. That's what you can do. And so you had this belief. You made you believe, but not too high, because um, you've got more games. You're going to come against teams um, who, who, you know, we had we were West Ham's and Newcastle's, you know, which was um, quite amazing, really. Yeah, you actually did a double over Derby, didn't you? I remember the uh, the game at the baseball ground, 2-0 down, obviously came back to win 3-2. I think it was my first ever away game. That's one that always sticks in my memory. Um, I mean, that that was a, a tremendous comeback. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's the thing. We never gave up. You know, um, we'd always go, even even if we didn't win or whatever, we always kept going. I don't... Anybody heads went down or anything. Um, we always gave everything. And I think... Um, it was good, say, last 10 minutes. If anything, we actually got stronger as the game went on, I believe. And uh, and I think with teams who would say, 2-0 up or whatever, you, if you get a goal back, it makes them sit back even further. And it kind of helped us, really. And I think we had the players to expose that, um, as we did. And, and, and you know, we, another 
great result, really. Well, to beat them, to get the double over Derby was was massive for us, really. Yeah, well, I think results stood out in that particular um, Division One campaign that you remember as either a game that you you played so well in or a, a goal that you scored. I mean, obviously you scored so many. I mean, I, I remember the the televised game against Swindon. I can't remember that was that year or the year after where um, I think Sean Taylor scored two own goals or one own goal and two goals at the other end. And I think you scored the keeper Nicky Hammond. I think it was he he, he sort of. Um, tried to clear it and you ended up scoring from about 35 yards. Were those sort of things, do you remember those quite clearly? Yeah, definitely, clearly. I think it was, um, and I think, I believe Chris, Chris Turner had a word with Glenn Oddle because Glenn Oddle was the manager mm. at the time. And I think they tried to play out the back and I think it, was, it wasn't a very nice night, windy, and I think it was a bit of rain and, and what have you. And I think he gave, they tried to play out the back, which for Swindon, they were probably... Even though I don't think they got they, they got promoted or anything like that, or they were they were they were around about at the top, but um, they were probably one of the hardest teams to play against because they played total football, mm. and we've had we had some tough games against Swindon, home and away, and I think that game I think he they played out the back, and I think he then I think it might have been uh, whoever closed the ball in he passed it back to the keeper. I think he was rushed. He then sort of if you like a word, sclaffed the ball to me. And and I just remember it being so. When so, I just tried to bend it in the firing corner on the you know towards the ground and hit the floor. And obviously because it was wet, it skimmed on. And, and which obviously you know it was a gr- another great game and and, and a, a good finish for us. To be fair, yeah. Was that kind of finish uh, typical of of your type of um, striking? You're an instinctive striker in terms of you could you could finish in so many different ways. You had so many different sort of attributes that. Uh, made it very hard for people, A, to mark you and B, for a keeper to know what you're going to do. Is that something you worked on or is that something natural? How did, how did you assess it? Um, I think it, it came out, it might, you could say it was natural because I started off as a as a left winger, as a winger and, um, and in the field and uh, was forced to go up front and for some reason I just were able to find the net. Um, so I guess it's an instinct. I think it's a, a, a case of just being in the right spot at the right time and trying to read where the ball's eventually going to fall and also always on the move I think because if you stand still you make it easy for defenders and you're always told from previous you know certain coaches you sort of stay between the posts near post far post and within the penalty spot to the to the, to the six yard where most of it where the ball generally drops and and so it's just that reaction it's the reaction if you like it's that first few yards that, that give you that edge and it's the thing being calm to be able to stick it away uh you know to put the ball away so um I've always had that kind of knack if you like um which is unexplainable really because but you know we always if you practiced we always I always practiced if I would practice anything it would always be that within the box and just certain things hitting the ball first time from from wherever really and just having a go because you know where the goal we're roughly where the goal is, and if you, it's just about the connection, and and hopefully your the earlier you take it, it doesn't give the keeper a chance to settle. So um, yeah, I've been kind of fortunate really to have been able to do that. You mentioned earlier about the fact that obviously um, you played with Tony Philiskirk, who obviously came in as a replacement for Ken. Um, when Ken left, obviously it was a big gap from from a supporter um, base and I guess from a player teammate base as well. Uh, when Tony came in, what did you see straight away that you thought this is a good player? This is someone who can who can really aid us. Yeah, Tony. Obviously, Tony's totally different from Kenny. 
Kenny is the same. I would say more mobile, um, more physical. I'd say Lee's probably a bit more physical than than Tony. Tony is a, a tall, was a tall guy, good in the air. Um, he would, you know, he, he was quite, he was strong, but Tony probably had that little bit deft to touch. And then Kenny, Kenny's very strong, could get the ball out of his feet, and he could make even if he had a bad touch, he could make that up because he was that athletic mm. and Tony wasn't as, as athletic but we had a little understanding just the same as Kenny really you know we kind of stuck close together no one got no one was too far away from each other because we knew roughly where people were going to be and, and Tony had the same mentality and the same ideas of what what we should be doing you know stay 18 yards probably all the way up try not to go too wide because we had wingers you know Warrell and, and Bobby and, and and that and so basically myself and Tony and, and Kenny would always work 18, 18 bar all the way up the pitch from the halfway line going forward. So, but you were never stayed far away. You always worked as a, as a pair and it kind of worked. I mean, it, I'm not sure either of us or any of us, I don't know, maybe, maybe Kenny could have, or, or probably Tony could have worked up front on his own as they do play nowadays with this, you know, the diamonds and five in midfield and one up. And, and, and you have to be uh, unbelievable at that. And I, Kenny could probably do that more so than Tony probably next to myself. I don't think I'd have a chance of playing up front on my own. I'd have to have someone with me to, well, you do, you kind of work off each other and hopefully you take the pressure off of the other one by, by doing so, by, by making little runs that makes the other centre half think about, you know, do I stay with him or do I stay close? When you're one up front on your own, it's, you've got the service has got to be excellent for that striker to, to be able to, not be under that much pressure, otherwise the ball keeps coming back. You mentioned, uh, we mentioned Bobby, obviously, you mentioned Wold just then. Though, having those two wingers who were direct, they wanted to get at the fullback, they wanted to get crosses in, that must be ideal as a striker. The last thing I guess you, you want is someone who, who doesn't want to get the ball in to the strikers to try and obviously score a goal. It's, it, it's, it was imperative that they did that job for you. Oh, definitely. And I think... Um, that is, that's a good thing is that you knew once they got the ball, you you knew the ball was coming in quite quickly. There was no sort of too much checking back on yourself and and then because then you have to come out and make another run and stuff like that. You basically could make your run because you knew it was coming in. I think it was the same. Kenny would probably say the same from both of those guys, you know, from, uh, yeah, from, from Wall and, and from Bobby that knew the ball. I mean, obviously, Bobby was... a lot more um, left-footed than his right. The right one was just to stand on, really. <laughs> but his left foot... But the thing is, you knew, you knew if anything, he was going to check back. But he wouldn't say he wouldn't use his right foot. But you knew Bobby was the one person that probably would check. Whereas Worrell, he did have that ability to, to actually use both feet, you know, even with his left foot, even though Worrell was right-footed. Um, but he would use his left foot um, anyway and just, just put it in areas. And as a striker... That's what you need, you know. That's what you thrive on, really. You had a lot of characters in that in that side, including Fred Barber, of course, who um, <laughs> uh, who, who had that who had that mask. I mean, as a teammate, what was your when you first saw this the mask that Fred put on? What, what was what was your initial thoughts? Were you thinking, what is he doing here? What's going on? Or were you? Were oh, there's you... a mask. Was it was that a mask? I didn't realise it was a mask. But I mean, I thought <laughs> actually when he took the mask off, you asked him to put it back on. To be fair, no. <laughs> No, Freddie's a character. He's just so different, you know. Why? It's not wasn't serious, you know. And I think with, with uh, Freddie, at the same time, you sort of when you do things like that, you have to show, you know, you can't make many mistakes because people will, will sort of 
dig you out if you know what I mean say oh you need to concentrate more on what you're doing rather than all that but I think it, it worked and I think because Freddie great keeper you know as Benno you know Ben it was it was was a good keeper as a great keeper as well um, and it was just I think that just made him relaxed and, and was able to enjoy the game and I think maybe I'm not saying it's gone out of the game a bit so but maybe the, the money's done that taken the, a lot of of um, sort of people who have got a bit about them, you know, who, who, who can associate with, with the fans and stuff like that and make them laugh and make them... I, th I think it has gone out of the game a little bit, but maybe they're not allowed to. It's, it's, it's tricky. Maybe there was more pressure now than there used to be, you know? Um, but I think it was good because we were doing well. So it worked for Fred because we were doing okay. It was if we weren't doing okay, it might have been a bit different. We've covered, um, we've covered a little bit already and, and without really touching on, on, on Wembley. Um, as someone that was involved in that, in that game, what was the build-up like? Because I think um, everyone from the outside seemed to see, see Posh as the underdogs. Obviously, Stockport were flying at the time. They were already um, being successful. They had Kevin Francis up front, who was about 7 foot 10. I mean, what, 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 was, what was said in the build-up to the game that, that made you believe you could do the job? I think it, it just everything was just stayed the same there was no extra hype or anything I think it was just sort of Chris's positiveness Lil's positiveness um that what you could do and it makes you believe you know but it wasn't over the top or anything it just made you think just be normal just be natural you know you're good enough um and, and we could beat them yes I mean you've got to feel a bit sorry for them I guess is the fact that you know to go to Wembley twice and to lose twice um that's that's got to be tough and, and, you know, with the big guy up front for them, that gave them something totally different. Um, but on the day, you know, we, we, we started well and I think they came, they came back into the game second half. Um, but obviously with Kenny's winner, which was sort of fantastic. And um, I thought we were well worth the win, to be fair. But as before the game and even the training the week prior, you know, nothing different. I think we were taken away to a health spa. And um, which sort of, yeah, just a bit of training, just something, something different, get away from probably Peter itself, you know, just to sort of be able to go and do stuff because you knew the town and you could get hyped up into it all because um, it was exciting times, not just for the players, but for the fans, obviously. And, um, and just, bit, just was just as normal. We, we would offer, I say, I don't know if anybody was nervous as such. It's just when you came out, um, when you walked out onto the pitch, Wow, it was something that we'd never experienced before and, and, and never did after that, to be fair. Not to that scale anyway, um, which was fantastic. What, what a great feeling. Whereabouts were you when the first goal went in? Did you have a pretty good view of how far over the line it was? I mean, I thought at least five yards, but apparently... Well, I was, well, I was I, yeah, I was right there. And actually, I thought, I wasn't sure if it had gone over and the ball actually bounced down. And I went to head it and the guy nearly kicked my head off. Which it just cleared in, I thought, blimey. But lucky enough, um, so I was right there, but not enough to say I could see it over the line. But obviously, um, the linesman, you know, which was lucky, really, because it was, you know, what, a, what a, um, a great start, really. Yeah, when Stockport equalised so late in the game, did, I mean, obviously, he didn't really have time to be deflated because he scored quite soon afterwards. But that feeling when Stockport equalised in the manner that they did, knowing that you were probably going to have you know, penalties, extra time, whatever it may be. What, what was going through your head at that point? Did you think, oh, God? No, not really. I don't think so. I think it was that same 
uh, say, go back to mentality that we just kept going. And I think we had the players to do that. Um, you know, Marcus in midfield, Scouts and that. And, then, and, you know, we were good enough and we still had the drive. Everybody g'd each other up. There was no one... If, Without you know, we could have gone gone backwards if you like, and just defended until and be happy to get to extra time and, and penalties. But um, it wasn't us really. I think, um, and it just proved with the winner really that we were still thinking of going forward. And 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 it probably helped in some ways. It probably helped. They thought they could go forward, push forward more, yeah. and so it probably helped us that way as well. Because you know, it would have given them heart to think they could go on and win it. Um, but probably with, with the way you know we, the way we were going. It was. Uh, it probably helped us, really. Did you actually talk about how small the goalkeeper for Stockport was? Because um, obviously Ken um, showed it was quite easy to lob him. I mean, he wasn't the biggest goalkeeper. <laughs> was that actually spoken about? Or did, as a striker, did you look at it and think, if I get the chance, I'm, I'm thinking him here? No, I don't. No, I have to say, no one, no one mentioned that. You normally talk about how big the goalkeepers are, mm. particularly nowadays. They're absolutely massive. But um, no, not, not really. But I think it, it, was, um, it was a fantastic winning goal you can't uh, deny that and uh, we were just say relieved not really we were just excited I think um, it wasn't a relief or anything it was just a normal day at the office we you know we always used to come back from from things like that always and I think that was the testament to all the players really all the all the guys that we had that mentality you wouldn't give up right to the death really uh, the open top bus tour. I mean, I remember following it myself. It was it was incredible to see so many people um, on on the streets. Were you surprised to see so many uh, out there celebrating with you? No, I don't think so. I think from it showed um, what going to Wembley, how many you know posh fans there were, um, you know, and and obviously they all came out to uh, to sort of enjoy every all the moments that we what what we've done. But we all did it together and it was it was amazing. You could not stop the amount of people was unbelievable. And um we just enjoyed every moment. I mean it was quite quick from you know, you we played the game, we got back to Peterborough straight after the game. Um I, I think some of the guys went into town that night. I think um yeah, Mickey Mickey House went into town into town just to take it all on board. Um and he said it was just going off in town. Um, the rest of us, it was very difficult to take on board what we'd just done, really. It didn't probably react to the next day when you kind of wake up and you go, wow, that was like what we've done, you know? And, and for myself, I mean, I'd never, I'm, I'm, I, most of the guys are probably the same. First time, and I'd played football, you know, a few years, I'd already probably played many years in football and never had, had the success that I'd had, you know, t- to get promotion and to do it via playing at Wembley. I mean, most guys are probably better players than myself will probably never get to play at Wembley or as it was or was played there but you know been fortunate enough to and to win as well which uh, yeah you, you you cherish those moments. Last couple of questions what are the what are the things what are the results that stands out in the division one game mainly because I was mascot and mainly because I've got a picture, <laughs> picture with you actually you're my favorite player at the time. Um, oh, the, thank game, you. the game against Leicester which we won um, 3-0 obviously Leicester I think brought about yes. Half thousand fans, um, they they were flying at the time. What, what, what do you remember about that game? Because obviously it, it was such a dominant display um, and such a um, fantastic sort of goals that we scored. I know you scored on that day. Gary Cooper scored a header as well. Um, what, what do you remember about that that result? Because that was a standout performance. 
Well, I think the, the fact that Gary scored a header, I think, sort of, to be fair, I think that was like, that just proved how dominant we were. No, I think we always had something, oh, I believe we, we always really had something over Leicester, to be fair, mm. and the likes of Derby. And I think we enjoyed playing. You do, and I think you ask players, there are teams who you enjoy playing against and you always do quite well against. And I think they were always one. And I think we were always up. Because you just felt it was kind of, it was kind of in, in that league was our local... Mm. Derby, really, if you like, and I think also because they're all kind of big teams, big name teams, and 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 basically it makes you want to beat them. And I think that first season, not saying the second season, obviously was not as fruitful, but we still had the same attitude in that season. But I think that game was, and I think like um, Sunderland game, I think was it a five-two that yeah. year at home. Yeah. And I think those games, which we were so dominant, which is like, and when you think about the teams we were, we played and some of the players we played against, um, was massive for us, going, you know, as players, as a team, not just as individuals, but as a team, you know, and, and it was just the best bunch of guys that you, you could play football with, you could just play with, you know, and social-wise, we were pretty close as well, you know, and I think that was part of football, I'm not saying we were, out of order or anything like that, as you know, some of the guys generally do. But um, we were close knit guys, and as you say, Leicester, it's just good to be so dominant. You know, for us, it, it was it was a brilliant day, and and most of those games that season, the first season up there, we we just enjoyed every single moment. When when Chris stepped down, was that a big surprise to to the players, or did you expect it, see it coming? No, I didn't see it coming. I thought it was sort of something that Chris would enjoy carried on doing and Lil Pachillo would, you know, just because it, it seemed to work really well. You know, the two of them, every way it seemed to work. Um, it, it was just there. So it was a surprise. Um, and But obviously Chris just thought, give it to, you know, give it to, to Lil to take over. And it seemed the right thing if you were going to take over. It seemed the right thing to do. Because Neil knew the players, knew, and he would just carry on, you know, that way of, of playing. Um, it didn't kind of work out, which was a shame. But even so, even though, say, the next season we struggled um, results-wise, the guys still had the same mentality. And I don't think, I can't remember, there probably was a one game where we were ripped apart, probably, um, but no one gave up. The rest of the games, everybody felt they'd given everything that they could give. And, you know, we weren't, Beaten by, we would probably be beaten by better teams, obviously, on the day, because you yeah. do. There, but um, we did okay. And when Chris came back, it did seem to pick up the guys, and that's not a detriment to Lil. No one did not want to play for Lil at all, because we were still the same guys, we were still the same team, we still had the same mentality. Um, it's just somehow it gave a lift. And I don't know, it, it's, but I think new managers do when they start off, teams generally go on a bit of a run. And unfortunately, it was just a bit too late. But we did, you know, we still enjoyed it. We still enjoyed even being down there because there was still something on it. And we, we you know, the, the hardest thing was was the game where we knew we were definitely down, you know, points-wise. And um, that that was hard to take um, because we think we, were, we believed we were better than, you know, we were better than that. And that we felt we were in the right division for us. And, um, and I'm sure the fans probably felt the same. I don't know. It, they probably might have seen something different, but we we believed it. Um, 
favourite goal? Do you, do you have a favourite goal for me, Tommy, at Peterborough? Is there any, anything that stands out that we haven't covered that you, you, uh, you remember particularly? Um, probably the Swindon goal. I think um, it was, just say, from that far out. And I think, um, was it played Wolves at home, I think, as well. I think kind of lobbed or chipped the keeper from quite a distance. Um, certain things. But I think, in fairness, there were probably goals that I really enjoyed as a... a because they were harder, they were hard to score. Particularly the Swindon goal I found was quite a quick decision and, and just sort of did it. But I think um, the Derby goal at Derby away, the winning goal, John McGlashan, the chip, fantastic. And I applied, you know, we, we just enjoyed every moment. It was kind of, we knew we were doing well when, when you can do that. And I think that was just as enjoyable than a, a goal from 30 odd yards. Uh, screamer if you like but uh, no I think they're just as enjoyable and obviously when you eventually did leave Peterborough United can you remember that moment in terms of how it happened and were you were you reluctant or was it at that point you just felt like that the, you needed the next challenge I think it was a it was another challenge you know Kenny had gone and and um, and obviously a lot of guys were still there um, and I think I'd, I'd I'd missed the last I think I'd missed the last two or three games I think that season, um, unbeknown, and I had a posterior uh, ligament gone. Didn't really, didn't realise. But at the time, I still felt that probably had to move on. You know, we couldn't agree a contract. Um, but that was both, you know, that was just as my fault as, as Peterborough's anyway. You know, you kind of, it goes that way. But you think, well, okay, a new manager comes in, it's going to be different. Um, so maybe it was, you know, I think John still came in um, and it was probably time to go not not saying that didn't think anything not of John but you just think you've got to remember the times what we had it's going to be different John would want to probably get his own players in as you know if Chris would give him the money that would probably be a bit difficult but um but no and it was probably time but in fairness you know that even if I'd have probably stayed I had that season that I'd left and I went to Luton it, it was my worst probably injury year so if that had happened, I would hardly have paid for, it, for posh anyway. Because I just had so many stupid little legal injuries that it just it was a waste of a year, really. Um, but it, hopefully, it was good business for Peterborough moving on. Um, maybe it was time, and I think a lot of players kind of moved on. As I say, Kenny had gone, um, and so you kind of see it was a shame. But you just remember that, and I was gutted when I remember just the day that was it. I wasn't going back. And you guide and you know, but you still have friends and you still have people at the club and, and fans still come up and guys say things and and so you know, on both sides, maybe I'm not forgotten, but you guys are not forgotten either, because it's a big part of my life and one of the one of the uh, most positive and most best things clubs, you know, I've played for and uh that's what you have to take forward, you know. It's football. That's how it works. You know, you you have your downs, you have your lows, but there were more highs than lows. 